If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hello, beautiful human. Welcome back to another episode of In the Details with yours truly, Karen Allen. I'm back again with another person who, coming into this conversation, I didn't know much. I started to just go down the rabbit hole of all things Allison Bird and come to find out we have a lot of similarities. So I am looking forward to learn a lot about you, Allison, as we dive in and get into the details. So welcome, my friend. Hello. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is going to be fun. Yes, it definitely is going to be. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be vulnerable. It's going to be intrigued. It's going to be all of the things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do all so, of the things. Yes, yes. I saw this TikTok recently. It's one that's going around. It's like, can you match my energy? Or does my partner match my energy? And I'm telling you through your content online, I know our energy is going to match. So the audience is in for a treat. That's for sure. <laughs> I agree. So So Allison, you uh, title yourself as a spiritual guide for entrepreneurs, and that already resonates with me, but tell our listeners what that means. Well, I think it's a term that we're going to see more and more. Like if you love watching the show Billions um, and you see the characters speak to Wendy, right? And so if you watch Billions, you know, if you don't, you don't know. (laughs) But you need to know if you're not watching. You got to watch it. And basically it's a moral compass. And what I recognize is that success is defined uniquely by every single human based on what they grew up living. So, you know, um, and the moral compass for every human is unique based on what they grew up living. And as people curate success, they find themselves looking for support, guidance, uh, and actually tenderness because the world of success, uh, regardless of the definition, takes a lot out of you and takes a lot from you. And so you've got to come back to a place that fills your cup. And that's what I create, whether it's in my intimate groups or whether it's one-on-one, or maybe they just might do a one-month uh, intensive. It just gives them space to restore themselves back to themselves, and it's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. I love that. And you're so right about that That definition of success is going to be completely different for everyone. It has to be, right? But I think that for so long, it's kind of been this status quo definition, right? And I noticed on my personal journey that I was I, ch- I chose to be an entrepreneur, but I kind of also was pushed into this a little bit, <laughs> but I, I decided I would embark on the journey. And the first couple of years were grueling because my mindset around success was very much tied to uh, my financial um, reality, we'll say. Of course. So the numbers in my bank account or lack thereof, that was defining my success. And it made me feel like I was doing all of this work for nothing. Then there was a moment when I realized that my success was actually defined by the quality of life I was creating for my son and I. I wanted the freedom and flexibility to be there for him first, which is why I chose the route of being an entrepreneur. And I remember sitting in that space and making this mind shift that my success is not driven by revenue. It is driven by the quality of life, the quality of life that I've chosen and that I'm trying to build. So my question to you is, what is your version of success look like? Well, great question. And I'll say that success gets to be 
it gets to be inclusive and money gets to be a part of it. I think that humanity is afraid of money. So we often want to discount money. We often want to push it away and we want to say uh, things that dis that discount it so that we don't have to be disqualified for it. And what I recognize is I had a very tumultuous, rocky initial start to entrepreneurship, just like you did, just like a lot of humanity does when they step into that world. And I, I had to slow myself down. And I had to say, let's just look at your life, Allison. So for me, I identify as a black female um, entrepreneurial leader. I'm 44 at the time that we're recording this. And I grew up in the South. And so during the time where when I grew up, the average black household uh, made $28,000 a year. So to raise an entire family. And wow. so when I grew up and entered the world of career, making $35,000 was like a mama, I made it because the money right. was so huge. I think that so many people, unfortunately, look at in the world of reality television, they're looking at the Kardashians, maybe there, or maybe they're looking at CNBC, which is also reality television. And they're looking at the measuring stick against the gain of where other humans have created success for themselves instead of going, let me just look at what was the gap I was living in? You know, what was my own gap and what is gain for me? It is unique and it is distinctive. And then money gets to matter again, because now we're not looking at money mattering to the tune of multiple millions of dollars. We're looking at if you have an additional $20,000 of cash flow in a year, what difference that opens up for you, for your son, for the life that you're, you know, creating. And over time, how does that build? So I want to just acknowledge that. And I want to say that my definition of success changes every single day. And the reason that it does is because I meet someone almost every day that has less than I have. And it changes how I view my success. I meet someone almost every day that has more than I have, and it changes how I view success. And then I have my own lived experiences, uh, leading my companies, um, being in relationship with the love of my life, my family, my friends, all of those things recreate success. And I reimagine it every single day. Oh my gosh, that's such a good point. As you evolve and become more of yourself and align yourself with your truth, you're going to realize that that, that uh, threshold of success or that idea of success or that desire for what you truly want, all of that is going to flow and change and evolve as you are evolving. And can we just create some space for freedom to evolve? <laughs> Freedom to evolve our vision of success. I mean, that's incredibly powerful because we don't stay the same. We are always becoming more and more aligned with our truth. And we're going to see a lot of things change in our life. We're going to change maybe the relationships around us, our relationship with money, our mindset, all of those good things. But all of those changes start with awareness. And in order for you to change or, or even become more aware of your starting point and accepting your starting point as you did, I'm sure that there was a moment where you recognize that, wait, I, this is where I am, but I desire and I yearn for more. Can you tell me about what 
that was like, the season that you went through where you accepted where you are, but you allowed yourself to dream beyond your current circumstance. And how did you step into that? Mm. Well, uh, first of all, I have so many of those, so many, so many of those. I, I could go on and on and on. I'm trying to think of one that I think is the most relatable. Um, I, I think this one is relevant. When I stepped into entrepreneurship, I had two things in my pocket, ambition and air. That was it. <laughs> and quick question. When did you do that? Like at what point in your life did you uh, venture out on this journey? I ventured out on this journey when I was, uh, let me see, 13 years ago. So it's been 13 years and it was very clumsy, like just so clumsy. And I think that's important to say uh, what was clumsy for me was leaving occupational thinking and stepping into entrepreneurial thinking. They're very different. And uh, what was clumsy for me was I craved autonomy when I was in career, but autonomy and independence as an entrepreneur, I felt like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to manage my day. I didn't know how to govern my thoughts, my sequence of actions, my priorities. I felt just so clumsy. And I judged that clumsiness like you've worked all of these years. How come you don't know? And I will say that entrepreneurship is like riding a bike. You know, you get on it and you're going to fall. You're going to bump into things. You're going to. And then when you create, let's say, whatever your measurement stick is for success, if you do it by numbers, a quarter of a million, half a million, a million, um, maybe it's 5,000 or 10,000 recurring in revenue a month whatever that may be, then now you're on like a little motor scooter. You know, it keeps changing into different into different forms of transportation and each one requiring uh, new degrees of emotional intelligence, uh, new depths of consciousness, of self, commitment and conviction to your values. Um, then going through the flux of your values as your success ascends and as you get more opportunities uh, handed to you. So for me, I was very clumsy going through this success world. And when I decided to leave the coaching space and build a tech company, I decided to do it because I was so afraid. Honestly, I was seeing coaches and speakers and writers that were out in the world, um, in my opinion, twerking for their success. They didn't mm. feel grounded to me. They didn't feel self-governed. They felt led by the industry, riddled by the hustle and grind mentalities. And I that was true for me. And so that's what I was seeing. And I was saddened. Um, and I recognized that the plight for cash was killing me. I was going for mm. so much financial conversion because I grew up without enough. And I grew up hoping I was going to escape that. But then in growing up, even today, the present day statistics from Harvard Business is that the net worth for the black woman in North America is $5. 
So the more that I kept hearing the news, the more that I kept reading statistics, everything was telling me I couldn't win. I couldn't win financially. I couldn't win entrepreneurially. I couldn't win in love. Um, I was overweight. I was 345 pounds. And so I wasn't winning in my own physical relationship with myself. And I was just losing it. And I think a lot of people can relate to getting so much life out ahead of you that you don't know where to start. I didn't know where to begin achieving. Do I lose weight first? Do I go get a relationship? Do I make more money in my business? Do I master my branding, my visibility? Do I go to networking events and create collaborations? Do I build a website? Do I get on this, uh, this social platform or this next social platform? And conversing about all of those things is why I created community now, because I realize if we don't have clarity in ourselves, then we'll never have the courage for the next thing. And if we don't develop our courage, then we can't step into our convictions, which means any opportunity feels like the next and best thing, but it doesn't keep us on a path and a track of consistent succession. Another good show to watch, by the way. And, yes. uh, <laughs> and when we get into our convictions, we must have community that keeps all of it together because we are the sum average of the humans that we hang out around. And um, so when I stepped out of coaching and stepped into building a tech company, I built it in that same running energy. Please let me find something that will save me, that will rescue me, that will free me from the realities that I've lived. And the awakening that it did for me was help me see my pattern, that I had a pattern of feeling not enough. I had a pattern of feeling unworthy. I had a pattern of seeking something outside of me, creating it and then validating myself through that thing. And I had a pattern that when that thing fell apart, so did I. And mm. recognizing that in this entrepreneurial journey has been a game changer for my relationship with abundance, prosperity, uh, my relationship with visibility, notoriety and fame. And now I feel like I have a deeper quest for inner success. And I've noticed that the more that I pursue that in real time in my slice of now, the more opportunities bring themselves to me, just like this interview, this platform, this moment with you, this is a divine and glorious manifestation, but I didn't seek it. I just continued living my existence. And here we are having a, you know, a delightful conversation that will serve hundreds of thousands across the globe. Absolutely. We're going to dive into manifestation. My mind is like throwing so many different talking points and questions I want to dive into, but I am going to ask you to go a little bit deeper. You said you noticed the patterns and, and if anything, because you pursued this new route, you, those patterns became even more exposed. They bubbled up to the surface. But the question is, how did you break those patterns? You know, it's one thing to identify we have something to learn or something to unlearn, right? Because we know that's a part of growth. But it's another thing to take a very specific action that helps you to break the patterns and habits that maybe we've been relying on for too long. Mm -hmm. How do you break your patterns? Well, I'm going to give an unpopular opinion here, a very Let's unpopular Let's do it. Please. This is the space. This is the space to do it, Allison. Let's go. <laughs> I 
am a super fan of if you notice you have a pattern, use it to your advantage instead of breaking it. Because it's Tell so difficult to break a, pa- a break a pattern, a habit. So use it to your advantage. For instance, when I wanted to release weight, I recognized I was obsessive about eating the same thing. So if I found a pizza that I loved, I would eat it for five days because I loved it so much, I'd keep ordering it. Um, And so then I was like, okay, let me find something healthy that I love. And I recognize that chicken, uh, that I cook chicken a certain way. I'm a great cook. And I would chop up tomatoes and onions and do like a vinaigrette with it. Um, and I have a nutritionist friend that, w- that makes a vinaigrette from scratch. And I toss that together, eating those things over and over. I had the same pleasure of duplicating the same pleasure as the pizza, but I had a result that I liked. Another pattern and habit that I have is micromanagement. And um, I learned micromanagement because I felt my mother didn't manage and oversee us enough. So as a little girl, by the age of five, I became a micromanager. My mom would say, I don't feel like going to the grocery store. I drew a map of the grocery store. I timed it the next time that we were there. And the next time she said she didn't want to go, I said, it takes us 20 minutes. If my sister goes this way, I go this way and you go this way. We can be in and out. And I was five years old. Oh my goodness. The, the listeners can't see this, but my jaw just hit the ground. I had to pick it back up, y'all. Wow. Yeah. Well, by the, by the time we're seven, our habits and our relationship with money is cemented. You know, so yep. we're very conscious at a young age. So I noticed that I had a pattern of micromanagement. And instead of projecting that pattern onto my team, projecting that pattern onto my love, projecting that pattern onto people that I care about, I project that pattern back inside. So when I feel that desire to micromanage someone outside of myself, I just come to myself with loving kindness. And I know our viewers can't see this, but I'll show you. And I wrap my hands around, you know, my arms around myself. And I say, sweetheart, what are you trying to control? What do we need to control within? Because this is who you have responsibility over and no one else. And when I do that, I immediately come to, there is something undone in my to-done list. And I'm wanting to blame it on others because I'm feeling my own sense of overwhelm, my own sense of not honoring my commitments and my own sense of scarcity around time and, and, and being stretched too thin and obligation. So most of the things that we hear, whether we hear them intellectually, we hear them from something outside of us, or we hear them through an inside voice within us, most of it is for us. But we love to say it's for someone else (laughs) because it's easier to call our girlfriend or call our lover and say, oh, I think this is for you versus go stand in the mirror. Like Michael Jackson said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror and I'm asking that energy to change its ways. That's where we begin. That's a phenomenal reframe. Instead of seeing these things that may not be helpful to you now, ask the question, how can I use this, this pattern, this habit, how can I use it for my good? Oh, you said something about, you know, manifestation. And this is, this is a very 
interesting topic that I would love to dive into with you because when we talk about success, we talk about our goals, we talk about becoming, you know, we absolutely need to take account of where we've been, our life experiences, the things that have um, been interwoven into who we are and, and how we view the world. But then we have the opportunity to break out or create a new story or a new narrative, if we will. I think there's a formula to manifestation. It's something that I have actually seen happen in my life, but for the longest, I was weary of sharing it with other people because I'm like, I don't know. It may, I don't know if this is going to work for y'all, basically. <laughs> and what I found for me, and I would love to hear your personal take and also how you maybe coach clients through this is manifestation is not the genie in the bottle. You know, you're not just saying, I hope, I wish, I desire for this. And then you sit on the couch and you think it's going to come to you. I believe that the formula for manifestation is, is two parts. It's to build and to believe. And you have to put equal part energy in, in each of those because the build is your efforts, you taking action. But the belief is understanding that there are going to be things outside of your control that are for your good. There are timely, divine moments, people even, opportunities, doors that will open that you have zero control over. I mean, you even manifested being here in this moment and, and how that has come up to fruition for you, which I believe is beautiful because I was attracted to you. I saw your information and said, we need to get her. I want to talk to her. And that's the power of unseen energy that does pull, right? You put out energy and I received it unknowing that it was tied to a manifestation. But that's why we have to leave room to those things and for those things that are outside of our control. So in my mind, the formula seems pretty straightforward, even though, I love your word clumsy, we can be clumsy going through it. But if you take action in building and you put forth that effort towards the thing that you dream of, and you also leave room for the belief and the faith that there are things working together for your good, that is when you see the power of manifestation revealed in your life. That's my personal take. I would love to hear yours. Absolutely. First, I agree and I align with your personal take. I would I would sprinkle a little salt on it. Let's do a, it. You know, a little salt, but let's just say this is gourmet salt. This is a smoked Maldon salt, you know, so <laughs> flaky and nice and subtle and digestible yes. by the body. So... <laughs> So there's an element to manifestation that I believe too many people miss, and that is self-integrity. And I'll give you an example for that. Um, I have a girlfriend that went to get a haircut, but the challenge is she doesn't like her face. She just does not like her face. And She's been honest and transparent that she feels like she's not a beautiful human. Mm. And so she goes to get a haircut and she's like, I don't like the haircut. She goes and gets another hairstylist. No, don't like the haircut. And she's telling me, I can't find anyone to cut my hair. And I say to her, my sweet friend, I want to ask you something. Do you really think you're trying to get a great haircut? Or do you think that the haircut will change your relationship with your face? Mm -hmm. Good question. And what I recognize is that majority of humans that are manifesting or desiring to manifest, they are trying, they are saying that they want a haircut, but what they really want is something to change their face. They have something bigger 
that's at hand and they have something that they need to be honest about. So if you're wanting to manifest a car, um, then that means that your ability to purchase that vehicle is not there. So you must be honest on why, why, what's really going on. So, but most people want to say, no, I don't want to pay attention to the fact my credit is bad. I just want my sky daddy, whatever that is, God, universe, Allah, Buddha. And that's not me being disrespectful. I'm saying how humans relate. Like they're like, surely there's a God lottery from somewhere that may magically just bestow benevolence on me. And the truth of the matter is we are all responsible for our own universes. And the way that I perceive my universe is very different than the way you perceive it and very different than the man I sleep with every night. His universe is different than mine. Um, and so having self-integrity, what I like to say is ask yourself, here's a really great practice uh, for manifestation. Ask yourself, what did your parents do as a career and believe success was for them? Start there from the principle of manifestation if you're wanting to manifest anything. Because when you do that, this is so yummy because you'll go, wait a minute. Answering this question unlocked so many understandings about me because why is my parents' definition of success so mild compared to my own? And you'll be able to investigate into your own upbringing. Our definitions for what we desire to manifest, what we deem as success, they're unique to the generations that we grew up in. And they're unique to the societal or family or education or spiritual cultures that we engaged with and how we identified by race or gender and sexual orientation. Those things all matter to how we're manifesting. Because mm -hmm. if we're not honest that it's not a haircut we want, it's that we really want to come out to our family that we want to re-identify. It's not a new car that we want. It's that we want to tell our lover, listen, we need to renegotiate our commitments. The moment you clear that energetic clutter, the desires of your heart are going to fall into place. So self-integrity starts with self-understanding. And in order to understand yourself, you have to understand where you came from. And for those humans that say, I don't have access to my parents, I don't have access to my roots in that way, then look in your culture and look at, um, for instance, when I look at, I grew up in the 90s, what Black humans determined as success at that time is very different than 2022. So of course, I have a very sticky relationship with what is success for me because when I was growing up the success I live today to be in the top three percent of, of of North American earners to be a virtual CEO where my office is run in the cloud <laughs> you know and and to be a high school dropout that was featured with Forbes and NPR and the Washington Post like what so yeah. I am an anomaly. And how does an anomaly come into play? I must be honest with myself about myself. And self-integrity is a critical component to being able to manifest all the desires of your heart. 
Absolutely. I think that it goes for being honest about where you are and maybe even being honest about where you want to go. Because how many times have we stifled our growth or our own success because we either didn't see an example around us so we just didn't believe it would be true or because we just didn't feel worthy and we couldn't imagine that we would obtain whatever that success is. And listen, folks, we're not saying you have to have six or seven figures in the bank and you have to be a global CEO or whatever your version is. But I truly believe that when we're honest with it, with ourselves and to build on that where we want to be, then it gives you an opportunity to reevaluate those things like your effort, like your truth, like the people around you, like how you are getting to that goal or the patterns that you need to evaluate. But it creates this transparency, if you will, so that you get into a state of intentionality. Absolutely. And you can be more intentional. And one of the things that I like to highlight, um, you know, Brene Brown talks about belonging a lot because the highest human need is to belong. Will I fit? And majority of us don't want to commit the crime of outshining, right? Which is to be brighter than those humans that are in our lives. And I'm going to say, baby, turn the wattage all the way up. But most of us don't want to commit the crime of outshining and we don't want to become the villain in our tribe. You know, the villain that says I'm doing something different to create a new result for myself. It's it's easy to perceive you're going to be villainized for that. But um, so one of the things that I like to say for manifestation is manifest first a place to belong. You know, mm. manifest a, a, a family dedicated to your success. Once you do that, that will give you enough wind at your back to discover all the other things. But first, get yourself into a tribe that thinks a little bit differently and dreams a little bit bigger and follows a different yellow brick road paved with self-integrity, self-expression, self-actualization, where you can see people that are multi-passionate. You can see people that are diverse. Uh, you can see people that are identifying um, without all of the biases that we grow up with. And once you see that, well, then the sky is not even the limit. And you'll give yourself so much more permission to be, do, and have it all. And you will actually know what all is for you versus what social media says all is or the latest blog says all is or the latest television show says all is. Yes, I love that. I want to know what your wildest manifestation is. And you said something that made me think about mine. So while you're thinking about one that you want to share. Oh, I know. Um, oh, good. Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask you to share yours first and then I will share mine. Oh, well, recently I was overwhelmed with emptying the home for my mother in love. She ascended, we say ascended in our family versus passed away. And she ascended and I was overwhelmed with clearing out her home. And I prayed and I believe in prayer. I believe in whether, again, you say God or you say good. A lot of humans have a, a derogatory relationship with the word God, because in our early stages of life, the way God was introduced to us may not have been, uh, you know, in, in a form of ethics and holiness. And so I said a prayer and I said, I, you know, I'm overwhelmed and uh, I need help and I need guidance. 
And at the same time, I was having a prayer about a family member that I was newly introduced to that I really wanted to curate a really wonderful relationship with. But there was a lot of history behind that family member that they were not in integrity. And so I prayed a prayer and I said, please allow her to reveal herself before she can harm me. And then the final part of that prayer was I prayed about some items that I was bringing in from my mother in love's home. And I prayed, if they are meant to be in our home, let them come. And if they are not, let something interrupt that. And we were moving the items into storage. And so there were many variables that could come into place. Well, here's the clumsy manifestation. The human that I prayed, let them reveal themselves, stole all the furniture that I prayed will, you know, is it meant to be in our home? <laughs> and not wow. only took away my overwhelm from having to clear out the house, <laughs> but also right? revealed themselves as not being a person of integrity to be in my life. And also those items and their energies are not coming to our home and it all worked out. Now, was the manifestation painful? It was because those items represented my mother in love to my love. And so now those items don't exist for us anymore. However, we feel very protected. We feel very guarded. We feel very taken care of. And we also have a collection of humans no longer in our lives anymore who do not have the highest good for themselves or for us. And so a very clumsy manifestation, uh, but very beautiful anyway. I love that. I love that example, you know, because the, the part about manifestation that I think is sometimes also overlooked is the fact that we need to be open to how we receive those answers and how that comes into our life. And an example of this is actually very similar. When I was asking for something, I didn't know what I was going to get. Tell me, I <laughs> want to hear. But, but, <laughs> but I kept believing that that environment to be true. And so I'm a single mom. My husband died when my son was two years old. And so after several years of doing this just on my own, I finally, I mean, I was tired a lot, but I was getting to the point where I was like, God, I'm weary. I am really tired. I cannot do another dish, do another laundry load, like all by myself. It's just a lot. And honestly, I felt like I had done well up to that point, but something changed. Something changed in my spirit. And I think it was because it was getting me ready for a change. So it's important to note that this was just a few months before the pandemic. So I'm feeling that and I just start praying, please bring relief. I don't know if that means that I can have somebody come in and clean my house once a month or if I can like get prepackaged meals, you know, like something made. I just was like, I need some sort of relief. I can't do all of this on my own anymore. So fast forward and the pandemic hits maybe about three or four months later, about two months into that, my sister and brother-in-law, we were visiting with them and they said, and they'd asked me every single summer since my husband died, wouldn't you want to move up here with us? Like, don't you want to be close? Because we lived an entire, you know, East coast away from each other, right? They were at the top and I'm all the way down in Florida. And so this time it hit differently because what I recognized in that offering was the answer to my manifestation that I need help. 
I need other adults around me who can help me to carry this load as I'm building my business and raising my son and trying to run a household. And for them, it was also the perfect timing because they needed help. Our kids were all home doing homeschool and to have another adult in that presence. So what I manifested wasn't the you know specific, oh, I need even a partner, right? Because I was single. I'm not saying I need a partner. I'm not saying I need a, a somebody to help me with house cleaning, but I need this relief. And it came through family. I mean, even my sister, it was so special. And it really helped me to understand the power of manifestation can really come up in, in various ways, but the, the crooks of it is to be open to it. That's where it really matters because when you are open, the limitless possibilities can come in and show up in ways that you never would have imagined. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you and I love your story. And I think that one of the, one of the main reasons why people miss manifestation, if you will, um, is because they learned not to need or even receive help. That was huge for me, Allison. That was actually the growth moment that downloaded in my soul after I said yes, was Karen, this is what you needed to learn. You needed to learn how to say yes to help. I was always opposed to it because I never wanted to be an emotional burden to someone else. So I closed myself off from help. Saying yes to this was a growth opportunity. Absolutely, and people miss manifestation because they learn to struggle, push through, make hard work the evidence that they're doing a good job for themselves. So when the universe is ushering up ease, they push it away. Like, oh, that could not be my answer at all, but it can totally be your answer unless you have a relationship with struggle and suffering as the way that you actually can prove yourself. I feel like people also miss manifestation because they learned that ease was synonymous with laziness. Mm. And so when they're, when they're being ushered into easeful ways, they're like, no, it's gotta be harder. I got to grit. I got to be a bulldog on a sock and somebody's got to be on the other side trying to yank that sock away in order for me to have the motivation for the thing. And so when you step into a life of uh, the supernatural and manifestation, you've got to give yourself permission to let it be easeful. And mm. uh, you have to learn how to operate and exist in enlightened ease and not just Instagram ease because Instagram will have you thinking you can take your laptop and a day pass at a resort and suddenly build a six figure <laughs> business and ta-da, you're there. And it's not that that cannot occur. It's just that there are other anchors of self-actualization that you must manifest ahead of that in order to be the type of human that can receive at the levels in which the universe wants to serve. And I am a living testimony of that because I wanted to receive millions, but I did not have uh, a code of honor. I did not have a code of follow through. I did not have uh, a code of visibility. I wasn't even willing to be seen. And one of the things that I think so many people don't talk about is living a life of manifestation means that you have to be willing to be in relationship with others. And so many humans have X'd themselves out and made it really cute to be antisocial. And relationship is your greatest currency because it was me sitting 
having a pedicure with my former boss that mentioned that I was doing this new coaching program that it just happened to, and it was so clumsy that eventually I used her sales team to help me create my revenue for myself. And it wasn't, if I wouldn't have had that conversation getting pedicures, that door would have never opened. And we sold a $7,800 product. It was a game changer for my own financial success because one sale meant I was already making more than I was struggling in as an entrepreneurial leader. So we've got to give ourselves permission to uh, let go of some of those beliefs that just keep us shackled. Oh my goodness. And that is also the power of the ripple effect. And it does start with good relationships. I truly believe that. I heard uh, you say, I live my days not to be perfect, but to be purposeful in my existence. And I will tell you that resonated so deeply with me because I recognized uh, a long time ago that I am a recovering perfectionist. And this comes from uh, my background. We all are. We all, we we all, all have that particular, what is it called? Like neuroses? Like we all, yeah. we all are. <laughs> and, and the desire is because we are trying to create some sense of control so we can minimize risk or minimize suffering or minimize you know pain. But again, going back to what we said a few minutes ago, there are always going to be things that are out, outside of our control. So, so my question to you, day to day, how do you or what do you do to keep yourself grounded in your purpose? And what would you share with our listeners who are looking for that same, um, that same desire to feel grounded in good intentions, in the purpose, in, in what will lead them to the fulfillment of their hearts? Mm-hmm. What are some of those daily practices that help you to stay grounded in that? Well, one of the things that I ask myself every day is where are you giving your power away? Pause, pause, hard pause on that. Someone needs to write it down. So I'm going to ask you to say it again. What? Woo. Yeah. If you ask yourself daily, where are you giving your power away? Um, you know, like even one of my girlfriends, I asked her when she was telling me, I'm so frustrated in this. She realized she was giving her power away to her four-year-old. Completely mm-hmm. giving her power away. And she didn't need to discipline her four-year-old. She didn't need to uh, even govern her four-year-old. Her four-year-old was basically telling her, I got this on lock, mommy, go. And she was beholding to, to be a good mom, I must do all these things, not realizing that her four-year-old is a lot smarter than she is because her active brain centers are just broader. So not even realizing that. And her four-year-old was like, I got this. So if you can ask yourself, where am I giving my power away? If you're running business and you're always frustrated with your team, where are you giving your power away through silence? Why don't you give yourself some power through actually expressing yourself? Where are you giving your power away in apathy? You know, going, ah, okay, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be, because maybe you gave your power away by being overextended and overwhelmed. So if you can identify once a day, ah, where am I giving my power away? Then if you can identify the flip side, where am I esteeming my power? Where am I really mm-hmm. uplifting and esteeming my power and cherishing my power? 
then you can go, oh, let me do more of that. So for instance, if you can find, you feel very powerful at the gym. Why? You're self-led, you're in your own world, you get to people watch, you get to, if you can look at the recipes that are in the things that you esteem, then you may understand that working in a silo at your kitchen table doesn't work for you. Spending $30 a month to go to co-working to have the same gym atmosphere. Now you can people watch while being in your own world. Now you get your power back because you're looking at what's the recipe for where I really feel I'm winning and how do I put that recipe inside the categories of life where I feel powerless. That can be very supportive to help you just transform one day. And if you can transform one day, actually it'll help you transform one moment. If you can transform one moment, then you can transform one day, one week, one month. And before you know it, you're transforming your life. That is so true. Ooh, that's a, that's a good place where we're going. I mean, I could talk to you for a very long time. I I think that's a good place to end. I enjoy oh, my, my time goodness. with you too, Karen. <laughs> what an inspiring conversation. Thank you so much for all of the gems that you dropped, the, the vulnerability that you shared in your own story, and also the guidance that you've given our listeners. I have no doubt that they are walking away from this episode, definitely feeling fulfilled and, and at least with some tools that they can apply to their life so they can continue on their own path to success. So I'm sending you so much love and all the well wishes for your continued growth and success. Where can our listeners find you and learn a little more about what you're doing? Thank you for asking that. Um, I'm always on Instagram. So if you're a social media user, go to Instagram. Um, we're launching our TikTok next month, which is super exciting for us. So I don't know when you're listening to this. So maybe uh, hunt me down on TikTok. And um, always we update a website guided by Allison. So as long as you know how to spell my name, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N. But the last thing that I want to say to every human that's under the sound of my voice is that you are necessary. You are necessary. And many of us have grown up plagued by some sense of shame, some sense of doubt, and some sense of insecurity that punted us into the dialogue of am I enough? And uh, it's really difficult when we're living through that frame of view um, because we can't put value on what we offer. Um, we don't think people will pay us. Um, we don't think that clients that did pay us will come back. <laughs> we, we think that our work, we, we judge like, does the work have enough value? How do I fare against my competition? Did I give results? Like we worry ourselves out of success when we do not feel we're necessary. And so to every sweet human under the sound of my voice, I don't know what you've lived. I don't know what you've survived. And I don't know what you're walking through today, but you are necessary and you are relevant. And we want you here. We want you on this earth and we want the gifts that you bring to the table. And so by any means necessary, be yourself always. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you for those loving words and thank you for your time today. Thank you, sweet Brent. This has been In the Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcasts.